Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace, here with another Zoop Spotlight. We have a creator who's coming back to talk about the end of his series. We had him on to talk about the beginning. Uh, it's Cam Kirkow. Cam, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Jace. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Yeah, so as I said, we had you on to talk about the first issue of Gilgamesh Eternal. Now we've got the whole series, so listeners, if you've missed any part of it up till now, you can get the whole thing. If you just need part three, you can get part three. Uh, but Cam, for those that may not be familiar with the series, uh, why don't you tell everybody what it's all about? Sure. So Gilgamesh Eternal is our reimagining of the epic of Gilgamesh, uh, the 5,000-year-old epic about a king who is part man and part god, um, and he thinks that he is immortal. And when he finds out that he isn't, he sort of has an existential crisis and goes on a quest for immortality. Uh, which does not end well and causes a lot of problems for everybody else. Yeah, what's so interesting about this story, uh, and we talked about this last time you're on, like this is really like the first, in a way, superhero story. You know, the guy's, you know, half human, half demigod. He's got, he's got these powers. He's, he's, you know, kind of more than what meets the eye. And in terms of other things that have come after the Odyssey, the Iliad, and, you know, uh, all kinds of, you know, fiction, Western fiction, whatnot, mythology that springs out from that. This is kind of like the first story. Um, so talk a little bit about your inspiration to uh, go back and adapt something that's kind of so fundamental to so many of the myths and, and mythologies and stories that we know now. Sure. Well, uh, when I first read the epic, I thought the, the thing that interested me the most about it was, uh, like you said, it is it's the first thing that we've ever written down and uh the fact that the first thing we've ever written down is this story about a guy dealing with uh an existential crisis dealing with his own grief and mortality it was very interesting to me because those those topics i think are are things that everyone always always struggles with every human being struggles with that at some point in their life i think and it could be a very lonely dilemma uh to try to suss out uh and the fact that this story that's four thousand years old is is about a guy going through these feelings that i think that everyone has to this day um just sort of makes that existential dread feel a little bit less lonely uh so the story kind of touched me on a personal personal note in that way and um yeah i just felt that um that conflict uh was still very very relevant to everybody yeah it is so interesting try to look at it in terms of kind of our our similarities right like so many people like to focus on our you know the differences how we're different from other people and you know the prejudice and um mistrust or fear that comes from that but I mean, go back to the earliest times, you know, and I'm not necessarily talking about Gilgamesh himself as a, as a person, but more talking about the idea that this is the story that they wanted to tell. And just like stories that we tell now, right. It's so much out of our own experience, write What, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and they were sort of looking for a way to explore the same questions that here we are 5,000 years later, uh, still thinking about those same things. So I, I think there's like a, there's a throughput, there's like a commonality um, 
that just comes with like human existence that's worth exploring and um uh, and to not forget that um there's not anything wrong with us per se uh that we have these questions uh i think that's a real interesting and important conversation to have don't you think yeah absolutely and it's, it's just very very comforting to me that it, re it really drives home that uh we're we've all we're all sort of on the same ride together i think mm -hmm. that we're that we're uh seeing the same themes in uh literature that goes back so far yeah now uh your artist on the series and again we talked about this last time uh costos he's really giving it uh, a really interesting feel it's not you know necessarily like a like a you know typical superhero house style or what have you it, it's a little it's a little more visceral than that you know it's a um a little more textured than that. Um, have you found it as you've gone on, you know, now that you guys are on book three, has, uh, have you developed a shorthand in terms of how you want things to look and uh, the visual storytelling part of it? Yeah. So me and Costas have found uh, over the course of the, the two years that we've been making this book, I think we've found a really excellent rhythm. Um, our process starts with a script. I'll write a script and I'll send it to him and we'll go through it together. But then, uh, we always end up sitting down and, and talking over Zoom uh, page by page uh, as he's drawing, and and uh, we'll we'll really land on the composition of the page through conversation. Uh, so I like to think of us. Well, I I, I read a, a story a long time ago about um, Marv Wolfman and George Perez and how they lived nearby each other when they were. On Teen Titans, and so they would meet up um, at a coffee shop and talk through each issue together um, through a verbal conversation. Right, uh, and I think that uh, I always found that very admirable, and it was something that I, I um, am glad that I'm able to do with with Costas as well. Uh, I feel like a lot of the times when there's when the writer and the artist are, are separate people, there can be kind of a disconnect between the story and the art um, if the team isn't kind of consciously trying to sync up and have those conversations together. And uh, yeah, so I just, we, we've, we've developed a very, uh, a very, a very good creative relationship and uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious. So, I mean, that's often what I hear when people work together. Uh, this kind of starts to develop the shorthand. It gets easier. Anything that became more challenging as you went along? You're in your third one now, doing it on Zoop crowdfunding. Um, did it, was it, has it always been easier? Has everything gotten better? Or were there any challenges toward the end here that kind of cropped up that you uh, weren't expecting? No, I wouldn't say as far as collaborating with this, I wouldn't say that there's been any, any specific challenges or anything. I think that we've only kind of gotten better uh at reading each other as we've as we've gone on and kind of anticipating each other's uh expectations i think that um maybe it takes longer to sort out the pages now because we are a little bit more comfortable uh challenging each other mm. and um and that i think is is only a good thing it's it's definitely uh, benefited the pages well, how, how's the uh, how has the uh, reception been for the first uh, 
two issues. And again, everybody you can get all three here if you've missed it so far, but with two out now, now we've gotten to the end. Are you able to look back? Uh, what, what was the feedback for the first couple issues? Or are you still just waiting until it's all said and done before you really reflect on it? Well, I mean, the feedback that we've gotten, uh, you know, can feel very, very insular to be working in, on, an, on an indie book, to be crowdfunding an indie book, because, uh, you know, you're very, very loud when the campaign is happening, uh, which, of course, happens before anyone gets to read the book. And that's when most of the conversations seem to happen. Then the book finally comes out and you get, uh, you know, an initial an initial sort of flood of, of feedback Um but it's so it's so much quicker than the you know months that you spent talking about making the thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the the feedback that we have gotten has been has been very uh, very positive. Uh, everybody, their first uh, impressions of the book are always very energetic. I finally I've finally been able to take the first two issues to a convention. I went to a uh, Chicago Fan Expo this year for. Uh, for the first two issues and it was it was really great because it was the first time i got to hand people the book you know by hand instead of in a mailer and, and see their reaction the first time that they see Custis's art and um yeah i, I live for that energy well i'm going to take this chance to remind everybody um Go check it out. Again, link in the show notes. Go check out the campaign on Zoop. There's a couple weeks left uh, as we're recording this. It's almost fully funded, so we're almost there to the end. Uh, now, if this just doesn't seem like it's for you, or maybe it seems like it's perfect for you, but you just don't have the uh, means right now, I know times are tight, uh, and you're not able to join the campaign and join the community that uh, the camp's building here and, and check out the book, the other way that you can help out him and Costas is to share this on social media. Let your retailer know, uh, your local comic shop, there's a retail bundle if they want to carry this on their shelves. And again, and get the whole series. So if they haven't carried issues one or two, that's available as well. So go check it out. Let's spread the word. Let's make sure we get as many eyes on this as possible so we can get to the end here. Uh, was there any question, Cam, on, on, I can't imagine there would be, but, uh, doing it all through Zoop, like at the end, I mean, the first two were successful. I, I'm sure it was a no-brainer to, to bring it back to Zoop. And uh, how do you feel the ex- like when you look back on it from you know issue one to now? How has the experience been working with Zoop? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, we we funded the first issue on Kickstarter, and and that went fine, and we had a lot of a lot of energy for the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, the second two we're doing with Zoop, though, and the difference is just it's crazy. Uh, you know, you're you're on your own with Kickstarter. There's nobody. There's nobody really on your team when you're when you're doing a Kickstarter campaign, and and with Zoop, it really does feel like uh, you're part of a team. I mean, those guys, Eric and Jordan, they they uh, they really care about every single book that they have on on that website, and they really want to uh, to help you do your best uh, uh, and and to spread spread the word as far as possible. Um, so so yeah, I mean I absolutely wouldn't wouldn't have done it another way i'm i couldn't have been happier uh uh with with the with the support that that i that i was able to uh garner through zoo so uh again this is the last book in this trilogy everybody um how far along are you cam in terms of uh once the campaign's ended i mean i'm sure it's going to fully fund because you're almost there uh we're only halfway through the campaign uh, what are we looking at in uh, as far as timing? What's the plan for um, the book to be in people's hands? Is is it all 
finished? His cost is done? It's just a matter of sending it to the printer or where are we? So we're still working uh, through the pages. We're about halfway finished now, but uh, we tend to work. We tend to work quick and we tend to, you know, speed up after the campaign has been uh, finished. So um, I'm hoping, what is it? It's November now. I'm thinking in in February or March, we'll be able to deliver the book uh, into our baggage hands. And of course, they get it digitally before uh, before the physical thing shifts. Yeah, there is uh, PDFs available, everybody, as well, uh, and then physical copies. Uh, do you want to talk about some of the other rewards beyond just the book? Uh, I, I know there's like a script review and some other things. Uh, do you want to let our listeners know uh, what else is available, Cam? Sure. So uh, first of all, we're selling original art from Costas. The actual pages that that end up in the book, you can own. You know, it works um, traditionally. So so you'll be able to own the actual page. And uh, we also have a sketch card reward from from Costas. So uh, for fifty dollars, you can give him a photo reference, and he will do a quick sketch on a postcard and send it to you from Greece. Uh, which I think is really cool. Uh, we've got three covers in this campaign. Of course, there's the main cover from Costas. We also have cover B from uh, Gobbly Prin on Instagram. And uh, third, we've got cover C by Jasper Gulotta. Uh Those are really, really cool. I, I could not have been more excited when I, when I saw those for the first time. There's some of my uh, favorite art that we've that we've uh, been able to, that we've been blessed with uh, in this series. Um, and uh, yeah, there's also a, a script edit uh, reward. I will edit your 28-page comic script for $50. Yeah, it's gr- a great value. Cam's a, an experienced editor. If you're an aspiring creator, definitely recommend that. Uh, yeah, and you're right about the covers. I mean, we talked about this last time. Acostas' art, it, it just suits this story so well because it feels very um you know mythological uh as opposed to like you know really clean line traditional superhero well you got these other uh cover artists to do these covers they're in that same vein right like they feel sort of epic and um you know they're not like sepia toned or anything but just kind of the style of the art it it feels like they're kind of old you know like they're aged uh, and, and we're talking about a story that's 5,000 years old. So they just kind of suit, they, I guess the best way to put it, like the story of Gilgamesh is an epic, right? And these covers look epic. So you must've been over the moon to get these two guys on board to do these covers. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I, I tend to find that when I reach out to artists, uh, to inquire about doing a cover for us, uh, when they learn, you know, what it is we're doing, um, there's always, there's always a lot of excitement behind it. I think that there's something about this period of human history and this this epic subject matter that that speaks to artists and i think that um like you said there's there's a certain kind of mythological quality that is um you know evident in in each of the three covers but every artist still has their own unique element that they bring to it yeah, and again, it just suits the story so well. Uh, you know, when we're talking about this this ancient tale, and and we spoke about it a lot last time. This this idea of Gilgamesh really searching for his uh, identity. You know, there's so many questions of duality and theme that you're exploring, whether it's his human side, his sort of you know 
powerful side, you know, his his godhood side, if you will, or even his questions of gender and identity and um and and questions of love and uh you know just the way people perceive him and again it goes back to these universal themes that i think is what uh readers and also i've seen a lot of um of your colleagues i've seen fellow creators you've got some of them in the on the campaign page even with quotes that they really uh enjoyed this so yeah it's got to be very rewarding um to get that kind of feedback from your, your colleagues. Right. And now that you're getting near the end, um, gratification or a sense of relief that it's over, or is it a little bit of both? Uh, I think it's a little bit of, a little bit of both. It's a little bit like watching your kid go off to college. I think that, that moment when I was finally able to put the third issue script into the finished folder on my computer, it was, it was almost bittersweet. It felt very momentous. Um, and uh you know i'm not i'm not too i won't say it's too bitter because i feel like that there's there's a lot that we can do uh in this world that we've created you mm-hmm. know this is this third issue sort of ends the the main epic of gilgamesh adaptation uh that we've done but there's still you know there's there's places to go and branch out that are um you know we have some ideas of going and doing some original stories uh there's plenty of other mesopotamian myths that would fit in perfectly with the with the world that we've played in so far um so mostly it's excitement uh, excitement at the future uh i'm excited to see you know where we can take it next yeah i imagine it's like there's uh, in terms of you know, crossing the finish line, really, we got to wait till we get it in the hands of, uh, of everybody. And then you can kind of decide what, you know, what comes next, but certainly an exciting time and, uh, and a worthwhile property, everybody. So again, uh, go check out the link in the show notes so you can, uh, check it out, follow it, um, pledge. If you've missed any of the previous issues, again, they're available there physically or digitally. Uh, and, and yes, please share it with everybody, put it on social media, let your local comic shop know other, uh, comic book fans and readers that you know, uh, so they can check it out. So as we're winding down here, Cam, if anybody has questions and they want to follow your work online, uh, you have a presence uh, online, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that, uh, where's the best place to give you a follow? Yeah. So I'm everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, blue sky. Uh, at Cam Kirkview, wherever, wherever, wherever you prefer to socialize on media, uh, at Cam Kirkview, C-A-M-K-E-R-K-A-U. Great. And I'll put a, a link in the show notes, everybody, to uh, a few of those social media. So if you're having trouble finding them, you can go and click there. So uh, again, Cam, thanks for joining me. Uh, best of luck with, with the campaign. Uh, just to let everybody know. Um, yeah, there's about 14 days left as we, uh, are talking about this. We're more than two thirds, uh, of the way there. Uh, it's not a really high goal. Uh, and I think we talked about it last time. You like to keep the goal low because really your, your, uh, your goal is to just get the book made and get people reading. You're not looking to, you know, get rich. Nobody gets into comics is looking to get rich. If you are, you're uh, barking up the wrong tree. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a very low goal, very affordable, um, and the books are high quality, and it's a great story. So uh, again, Cam, uh, thanks for joining me. Any last words to our, our listeners or as we're winding down here? Uh, no, it's you know, I hope you enjoy the story. I hope you'll come check us out. Okay, uh, well, that's going to do it, everybody. Appreciate you joining us as always. Uh, thanks for joining, and we'll talk to you next time. 
Thanks for joining us, everybody. Please tell your friends about us. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whatever platform you use. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also, be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. The Comic Source is a member of the LRM Podcast Network, so when you visit the site, be sure to check out some of our other podcasts like Los Fanboys, our official movie and TV podcast hosted by Joseph Jammer Medina, Netflix and Chill hosted by Nick and Carrie, covering a wide variety of film and television topics with Game of Thrones and Star Wars as particular favorites, And finally, Mike and Mark's Marvelous Adventures, as these two former athletes share their love of sports and geek culture by chatting about anything and everything sports and geek related. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.